This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 300, a Jason Lynette interview with Nancy Adair. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Break out the party hats and blow up the party balloons. It's episode number 300 of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And I put a post in the public Work Smart Hypnosis community over on Facebook asking for recommendations of the episodes. And Nancy Adair, who I got to know recently, she was back on episode number 298. She recently attended the live online event that I hosted with Dr. Richard Nongard. And she had offered, I'll interview you. And I got to have a great chat with Nancy a few weeks ago when we were just connecting and we were talking about podcast and various other projects and the works. And when she made the offer and a few people backed it up, I went, yes, that's the way that we're going to do this. And we're going to cover a number of themes here in terms of thinking about growth. How do you start to interact with an audience? And the goal of this was not the look how awesome I am and look what I've accomplished, though. Look how awesome I am. Look what I've accomplished. No, instead, look at what we can do as a community and look at the opportunity, especially in the final moments. Nancy asks a question that I think a lot of people need to hear the answer to. So usually it's at this point in the conversation that I do a bit of a call out for a project. So I'd make a very simple ask to all of you, two of them. One, please go over to anywhere you can find a place to leave a review. And if you haven't yet done so in all of these episodes, please do so, which actually quite easily, if you go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash iTunes, that is the number one best place to leave a review, which I know not everybody is on Apple devices, but that tends to be where reviews get collected. So if you can do it there, great. If not, just a review over on the Work Smart Hypnosis Facebook page, the business page, which will give you specific links over at worksmarthypnosis.com in the show notes of this episode. Hey, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 300 will take you directly there. So a small ask to leave a review. If you've been listening and getting value from this, please let the world know. And that's the best way to do that. Second of all, I'd give a personal invite to say, what have you been thinking about? What project have you been planning on, but you have not yet done it? You're going to hear exactly how it is that I get all that I get done, done. So what I would encourage is take a day, block the day off, and start to take some serious effort towards your goal. Because I mean it sincerely every time I say it. The more we're all successful, the more we're all successful. So inside of you is a message, is a product, is a mission statement that you have not put out there yet. Get out there and share it. So leave a review to help us to continue to grow with this program, and then as well, focus on your amazing growth and make something happen. A huge thank you to Nancy for this outstanding conversation. And with that, let's jump directly in. Here we go. Episode number 300, a Jason Lynette interview with Nancy Adair. So a little while ago, I posed the question inside of the public Facebook community, Work Smart Hypnosis, that episode number 300 was coming up very soon. And did anyone have any suggestions? Because honestly, I didn't have an idea yet. <laughs> there were a couple of themes I was introducing. And then someone who I just genuinely wanted to have a conversation with beyond a recent event we had said, I'll interview you. And several people back that up. And you've already heard from Nancy Adair, who was on episode 298 of the podcast. 
So now we're turning the tables. And Nancy, good to have you here with me. Thank you, Jason. It's such an honor to be able to interview you, you know, to interview the interviewer. (laughs) And so I know that you, when you started the podcast, had three pre-recorded episodes. Did you think back then that you'd ever reach this level of 300 episodes? I went into it with the idea that the, the long game had to be the strategy. That, you know, going into that initial launch and I had the first episode, which was just solidly teaching something, the all positive pre-talk, which then in a future episode we revisited. And then the two people who I give a ton of credit to getting me up and running, one being Sean Michael Andrews, the other being the late, great Michael Elner, who thanks to a misquoting, by the way, is the entire foundation of this program, that it was hearing Michael say, learn from people who disagree with each other, which actually was a Scott Sandlin quote it turned out. So thanks to whoever actually may have said it first. (laughs) No, but going into that, I firmly believe from day one that nothing is worth doing unless you're going to give it two or three years solid effort. That when I look at people who would attempt things in business, they do something once and it doesn't work for them and they go, that doesn't work. And this may be timely given the timeframe of the release of this, that marketing is not an event, it's a campaign. So the idea of 300 episodes, I'd say that was viable. That was an idea, but I had not yet even gotten past to go, what's, what's going to be episode number 10? So there's this very much, as much (laughs) as we pre-record in different, you know, bursts and spurts over time, there's this planning of, as I now say, extreme strategery to quote Will Ferrell, as well as a good dash of, Hey, watch this. Let's see what happens. And let's just go for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hit record and see where it goes. So you mentioned learning from people you disagree with. I also imagine that over 300 episodes, you've learned a lot from people that you talk to. I I don't know how many of those 300 episodes have been interviews because you just said that the first one was you speaking alone. Mm-hmm. The, the rhythm of this so far has been, and not that there's anything too official and formulaic about it, that typically for every solo episode, there's usually three or four guest episodes, which this might help expand some of my story that if you were here physically in my office, there's only like once a year when I'm doing a training, a student who goes, hey, most of your documents on the wall are within the same time frame. What's up with that? Which was that I was looking at the fact that I had launched this business and then we were planning on having kids. So mm-hmm. I had crafted this plan as to advanced education as I was continuing in what I did. And then it turned into, hey, we don't have kids yet. Let me do everything now. <laughs> and, and eventually that morphed into, as we're recording this, I've got David Snyder coming to the area in about two or three weeks. It'll probably have passed by the time we air this episode. But you know, early on, it became, let me bring people here. So originally, the impulse of this podcast was that you go to a conference, you go to a training, and yes, the content was great, yet it was those side conversations with the instructors, with the fellow attendees, where we really started to learn some cool stuff. So this this all started by me going, let me just have conversations with the people that I want to have conversations with, and there just happens to be an audience. Great. I love that approach. And of the, I don't know... 200 plus guests that you've interviewed. Can you pick out a few of the top, like the top three that you um, learned the most from or enjoyed having or, or repeated 
Yeah. So let's work in reverse order here first yeah. <laughs> from the question from the question you did not ask. And I don't know if I've actually ever talked about this on this program. And I think there's a lesson that comes out of this, which was to say, what was the podcast episode that I almost deleted mm-hmm. and never aired, which to date, we have only ever lost two episodes, three episodes of the program, two of which one was Scott Sandlin, one of them was Tom Nicoli. Scott has a background in film studies, Tom's a musician. So for those two guys to go, hey, it failed, you know, they both went, oh, that sucks. Eh, second take will be better. And we need to get around to re-recording the David Perdome one because that was great, but then I hit the wrong button and and lost it. Yay, technology. (laughs) But there's a moment, and I won't say the episode, I won't say the number, I won't even give the gender of the guest, yet at the end of the recording, I went, that's not what this program is about. That the person very clearly had an extremely, and it wasn't even, my take on hypnosis is not about this way is good, this way is bad. It's instead that all these methods are viable. And it's only as good as the person who's in front of you and the customization to that individual. So this game of this technique versus that technique, where the joke in the training is never, ever, ever use absolutes, which even that statement is an absolute. So so genuinely, there, there was an episode that I almost did not publish because the person was stuck in an absolute. And from the moment the program began, it was all by my training, by my training, which the most recent episode, and no, this was not the person who I'm uh, referring to. (laughs) There was a very recent episode with Deanna Nunes where we stopped the recording and she's wonderful, but we stopped the recording five minutes in and it was a very friendly, playful, okay, that's not what the show is. Let's begin with what your people experience as they work with you and then I'll introduce your book rather than you launching the conversation with, well, I'm here to talk about my book. That's, That's not what this show is. And she loved it and it played out great. And that episode was phenomenal. So there's been a few turning points where behind the scenes, I had to process what had to be different for this to be valuable to the audience. So I published that original episode, which again, disclaimer, was not Deanna. Her two episodes have been phenomenal. (laughs) And I published it as a punishment to myself to go, that's not what this is. This is not the pitch fest of just come on and sell your thing. You have to come on and give massive value. Otherwise, it's just not going to be aired. So the first real episode that was a turning point was the one with Chris Jones, who was on America's Got Talent. And this is where he was the guy who got Howie Mandel to shake hands. And what I loved about that episode, and I hinted at this when you were on the program two weeks ago, episode 298, was that it was a moment that many people got a polarized response to, and they had not even watched the clip. (laughs) that, oh, here's this hypnotist who worked with a person with a diagnosed mental disorder. And and to hear some of the takeaways that Chris had, that he goes, well, this was something that the staff of the show, everyone other than the judges, knew we were facilitating this moment. It was absolutely genuine. It was absolutely real. And yet the application as to how we got there was absolutely, you know, it was facilitated. it It was assisted, but it was not set up. And what my biggest takeaway of that was, was something that something that he said that I keep coming back to, which is he goes, that was pretty early in my hypnosis career. And we were recording this within a year of him doing that. And he goes, I went into the situation without the fear of what would I do if it didn't work? Now that I know more, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing this here, now that I know more, it might not have gone as well as it did. And I, and I think that's an incredible takeaway that 
you know, when we go into it, there's this level of excitement. There's this level of enthusiasm. There's this level of unstoppable confidence, which is either earned or really not earned. <laughs> that that becomes this moment of going, oh, I just have to do this thing and that thing, and then I'll make it work, right? And that's probably a lot of what he went into that session, into that you know TV appearance by doing. And, and even more beautifully, the fact that he then told the story of then, let's now throw Michael Buble under the bus, where his second appearance did not go well. So what I loved about that conversation was th this nature that it was this genuinely honest sort of critique on his own performance as to this is why it worked, this is probably why it didn't work. And I, I, I really come back to that example as just someone being open to their own learning and recognizing when we just have to trust our skills and jump in. And what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. I I love that philosophy. It reminded me of a time that I went to a dance event when I was just learning to swing dance and asked a man to dance who happened to be the national champion. <laughs> and my friends knew that, but I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as very good dancers do, they come down to the level of their partner. Yeah. So he wasn't, you know, throwing in all these moves that I didn't know. He was dancing very simply and I could keep up. And then they were all teasing me endlessly afterward. Which I'm having to resist playing host where I'm looking for the segue from something you've said into the second part of your question, <laughs> well, <laughs> which, which, is, which is that of coming to a specific level. And I, I, I modeled the word smart in Work Smart mm -hmm. Hypnosis from Pat Flynn, who hosts the Smart Passive Income podcast and over on the new show, Hypnotic Language Hacks. That's part of why I got him to be the first guest on episode number four. So I, I kind of throw a bit of a, I, I'd have to say a seven or eight way tie to the second episode that would be the one that stands out, which are the moments where I can have a student on the show and it's not from the perspective of look how great they've done with what I've taught them. It's not from that perspective. It's where I've had people like Jason Tolan on the program, people like Karen Gray several times on the program that you hear the stories and I had them on not to feature what they learned from me, but instead because they were off and doing their own thing in such a unique way that I had to hear it, that here was Karen. And I need to have Karen on once again uh, for the third time now to talk about how the first episode was about discovering this thing that originally she wanted to be a bit of a side uh, venture to add into what she did, but then it became the feature. Uh, a story similar, Nancy, to yours of a friend of hers took my training, came back and goes, oh, I can make it so you can't bend your arm. <laughs> the way that two weeks ago, you told the story of hands stuck to the table and her going, I got to learn this. And then she was on the second time because this nature of looking at frame frameworks, looking at how we can make something our own. So to, to quote something that Scott Sandlin recently said, he was talking about Juan Acosta, who recently did the Hypnodontics Summit, the phrase of not that I'm proud of this student, but instead that I'm impressed by the student because they're raising the bar on their own. That it's not everybody, look at what I help someone else do. It's to say, look what this person is doing on their own and, and to have that moment to give them the recognition because they're doing some really cool things on their own. I hear a couple of things that I I absolutely love that you're saying. One is value first. Yes. And the other is building relationships. Yeah. You know, that you take aside those conversations that you might have at an event and 
ask someone to be your guest because you want to have more conversation with them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And some of the best episodes have been the ones where someone goes, hey, you should talk to this person. And I had never had a dialogue with Jonathan Chase. I had never had a dialogue with Barry Neal or here was Michelle Rosenthal recently, who was active in some of my communities that I run. And it became cool. Let's have you on here and have a chat. And as you learned when you were on the podcast a little while ago, it's that, oh, here's the basic framework. Let's start. And to see where the conversation naturally goes. To to tie up the thread of your question, (laughs) and let let me expertly not exactly answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) It's where something began to happen. And this is probably why we're now at 300, that the intention was not, you know, to look at the, the, the template of each and every episode, there's a very short cold open to steal the title from Saturday Night Live of here's the cold open that kind of launches in. There's the pre-recorded intro. I come on and I do a quick introduction to the guest. And, and in that segment, there's probably only about a 45 second quote commercial. And then it immediately launches into the content. And then at the end of it, there's probably only a 30-minute commercial. So with the average episode being between 45 to 60 minutes, what happens is that there's only about a minute and a half or two minutes of commercial, something selling or promoting inside of every episode. It's very minimal. So there's a transition that probably occurred where something clicked probably back, I'd say, in the early 200s where there would be a conversation, let's say, and there's a bunch of Facebook groups now, so I'm going to mangle some of them, because there's the hypnosis success one, which I think is Sheila Granger's. There's the hypnosis business success one, which is Helen Midas. There's something else, which by the way, Helen has a business product. Steve Miller has a business product. I have a business product. The initials of all three of ours happen to be HBS. (laughs) which I'm hypnotic business systems. It's like the scene in Monty Python, Life of Brian of we're the Judean people's front. No, that's the popular front. And again, similar names, but, and we all tend to like each other too, which is really positive. But what would happen was, and even inside of like Mike Mandel's community, where someone would ask a question and suddenly people would start to answer by referencing episodes of the show. And it was a mixture of, again, of, let's say, when Tom Nicoli was on the program or when Kelly T. Woods was on the program, even when people like Michelle DeLude were on the program. And suddenly it became this constant reference in the profession. And there's two elements of that that I'd highlight that this was never the goal. I kind of own most of Google right now with hypnosis, which was not the intention, especially do an image search. Even if it's a hypnotist who has not yet been on the show, and most of the podcast images of work smart hypnosis are what start to pop up, that was a happy accident. That was not the intention. I, who was it? Someone recently was going, yeah, I had a graphic designer who was trying to find images of me to use on the new website. And they said, you kept popping up. I'm like, huh. <laughs> so that was the unintended search engine benefit. The other side effect was that In most dialogues, there's not a day that goes by that people aren't referencing specific episodes. Again, either mine or even guest appearances, where now it's become this constant free resource in the community helping everyone to raise the bar. Absolutely. And when I just heard you say it wasn't the intention, makes me think, did you have an intention? Well, the timing of this 
And this is a story that kind of came about. I'm running the Train the Trainer right now for the ICBCH with Richard Nongard. And someone suddenly, we got onto the topic of email autoresponders. And I'll generalize the story here because the company that I left in a blaze of glory <laughs> is actually a company now that I'd happily endorse, that I was launching what was originally Hypnosis Business Bootcamp, which is now called Hypnotic Business Systems. We just rebranded it because the content delivery became different. So it was really by way of coincidence that the two things launched at the same time, that the free podcast was coming out at about the same time the paid program was coming out. Originally, it was supposed to be apart from each other. And in my head, originally, they were two different separate entities. Yes, some of the early episodes, and we haven't gone back and, and changed it just to keep it historically as it was. The, the intention was, again, let me have the conversations that I want to have and to be the guy who happens to have a product as opposed to this is the show which now sells my product was not the original story. Now I'll say seeing the result that happened over time where a ton of people every year are joining that that business community, you know, in launching the new program, I did go in a little bit more calculated in terms of how we feature the training and how some of the podcast episodes indirectly satisfy the myths and misconceptions and the concerns and the buying objections of someone who would have going into the new basically, you know, business influence systems, which is a business NLP course basically at its core. So the original goal was not to say it's this is the way that I'm going to sell a product. But over time, that definitely created that conversation in an extremely organic way. That as someone now joins a training, joins an online program, they're coming in and there's a familiarity and they already get the right intention. Now they're getting the specificity by by crossing that threshold of becoming a buyer. And again, that's value first. Yeah. Offer the so, value, bring the person to, you know, know, like, and trust you. And that's one of those factors that there, there's two people that come to mind and call them out by name here, I think. And this may get me into trouble, but in a good way. <laughs> um, and I'm blanking on the last name. So let me pretend and do a quick search on Facebook. Uh, so I suddenly have it in the right order. And no, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to keep it general. There were two people who stood out in my head that reached out to me early on to say that I got so much from your podcast. And in the back of my head, because I can see the tracking, which let me sidebar for a second. When you're running an online business, it can be a little too easy to look at everything as being email addresses and credit card numbers. Mm -hmm. That, for example, here's the six people who joined Hypnotic Business Systems last week. Here's the five people who joined the new business influence product last week. And as of right now, those are people that I have not yet talked to. And it's it's a dangerous thing in that world of running an online business that I'm not interacting with them the way that I would a client. The way that here's a client I'm currently working with, and this is part of the nature of a business that the automated payment that was set up for today did not process, to which I just could go, well, I've got an email sequence that gets them to correct that, but then again, I'll see her on Tuesday next week. Yeah, I'll just talk to her then and we'll sort that out, no problem. So there's this aspect of that one-to-one -one relationship, but to bring that same person-to-person -person communication, even when it's only a name, uh, email address, a name, and a credit card number. So to keep that in place, and this is where I've got the name now, Brenda Titus, who finally <laughs> broke my rule, uh, who I need to get her on here, by the way, that for years, she was in the back of my head 
as someone who has said, I've learned so much from your podcast. And in my head, I know because I see the figures had never purchased a single thing. And to be just as satisfied with that person, with someone else who ends up with what I've quoted as the quote, I have nothing else to sell you offer. <laughs> so, so to be just as happy with that person who eventually I think she bought Velvet Rope for 27 bucks, which, okay. But then here's Jean Marie, who's out in Vancouver in Canada, Vancouver Island, that I know to this moment hasn't made a single purchase, but has said, I use bits of your pre-talk with my clients. And to be just as happy with these people as the ones who have gone through anything and everything that I have, which I, I bring the same relationship even to clients. Here's the person who goes, I watched your video where you demoed that collapsing anchors thing that was Michael Elner's. And I've used that to cut back on cigarettes and then I quit on my own. I've been talking about you. And yes, referrals have come from that, but that individual. So I think this speaks to a fear that so many people have that if I publish, you know, if I publish something for free, they won't come to me. And the answer is, as, as I've highlighted here, they might not. But then again, the majority will. So put that information out there and let it be from that mindset of give, 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 get. And not only give, 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 get, but the whole energy about abundance. Yeah. Right. That when you're putting value first and relationships first, the rest will come. Well, a couple of years ago, and this was modeled in some way from the themes, and this is so cool that this is happening now, that I think it was 2014, and I was at the Traffic and Conversion Summit, the conference put on in San Diego by Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher, the group behind Digital Marketer. And the theme even back then was, we're in the age now of content and commerce. The companies that are going to win are the ones that are leading with education and making their audience build a bond with them. And, and to look at here we are still, actually not still, in the height of a pandemic to be looking at numbers. And for years, I've always had this internal dialogue of it's not because, it's and, which would be that, uh, and this comes from a horrible personal reference. Here were friends of ours who got divorced in a blaze of glory. Uh, <laughs> and, and there was the side note that, oh, and by the way, she's now dating this person who was in the same circle of friends. And there was massive conflict in our uh, personal circle. And no, 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 it wasn't that she left him for that other person. It's that they broke up and she's now seeing this other person. And you look at some of the businesses, and this is going to be general for obvious reason here, but I look at companies like Stitch Fix that are killing it right now in terms of building a dialogue with their customers, myself included, of, you know, we understand what your shopping parameters are, and we've now connected you and created a character type for you, and that's how we're deciding what clothes to send you by mail, versus a company like JCPenney who did not survive the year 2020. What's the difference? JCPenney was the company marking things down 20%, versus Stitch Fix was the company going, we understand now what you want, and that's what we're delivering to you. And by the way, even if you don't keep the clothing in the recent package, even if you don't keep the clothing in the recent package, look at the color scheme and keep this in mind with things that you already own. So they were building a content-based relationship. They were leading with education. So it's where in the 21st century, you're a media company first that happens to provide products and services. And it comes back to that relationship and especially... Here I am in the last month putting out something brand new and so many people following along to the new project. 
which let's draw the correlation, which again, this was not the intention. A bunch of people just got an iPhone 12 and they had prepaid for the thing before they even knew what it was. That's that's branding at its core. That's building that relationship at its best. So let me ask you a, a very kind of off-color question. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> I know, I really want to have some fun here. What's your next goal? You know, where, where Edison was wanting to create light without a flame, and many of us in this time and place today want to make money while we sleep. What's mm-hmm. your next big goal? Well, you're actually watching it play out in real time. I've quoted this many times over, and I think it was Theodore Anneman back in the vaudeville days. He was a mentalist, or it may have been someone else who was a contemporary. But the quote of the amateur changes their act, the professional changes their audience. So it'd be the tour of performers. And as soon as they were done, they then skipped town and they were somewhere else. I've very oddly referenced Marvin Roy, which everyone look him up, and I'm sure we'll put a link in the show notes at Work Smart Hypnosis. He was Mr. Electric. And for like 60 years, he toured the world with an act where he lit up light bulbs in his bare hands. And what was the act? The light bulbs progressively got bigger. And that was it. And I think he had the record for going on Ed Sullivan and doing the same act every single time. Why? Because that's the one thing he did. And met him once and just incredible, incredible guy. So I bring that up because now the, the catch to this is that there's not really a changing of audience for me. It's the addition of a new audience. Mm-hmm. Because the whole systems mindset, I other than recording a new webinar, you know, I've for those that have my velvet rope strategy training, if you went to virginiahypnosis.com right now, it's a slightly different experience than what I test, what I taught. And I'm not quite teaching it yet because I'm still working out the kinks of it to really perfect it. I always want to make sure it's solid before I, I teach it to somebody else. Where other than changing that, I haven't done anything new to Virginia hypnosis in two years. And that's just running. Work smart hypnosis, we added new ways for people to get into either workers or business systems this year, which really helped to automate those communities. And now on a weekly basis, there's another seven to 10 people joining those programs on top of other live training events. So with the launch of finally claiming the Jason Lynette brand, and then putting out a podcast to build that community, as well as Behind the scenes, they have, these haven't started to launch yet, but I've been recording about 25 guest podcast appearances a month at the time. So those are about to start rolling out. The, the next play is that I look at the impact this has had in the hypnosis community, and there's no negativity in this phrase of big fish, small pond. And the mission statement of the book I put out, Work Smart Business, last year was that here's what I've been able to accomplish in a world where I have to convince some people that I'm not going to make them bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken before the conversation could ever begin. And the work I've been doing with my clients on a one-to-one basis, this this hypnotic way of thinking, I think is something that the entrepreneurial, the business community needs to hear. So you're watching me in real time build the community, basically carve out a market that kind of existed already, but not quite to the style and flavor that I felt it needed to be. To really build that conversation. So for people to look at their own businesses and realize, you know, as the tagline of this new project is, change your words, change your business, change your life, that by changing our delivery mechanisms, by thinking differently about the scalability of what we do, by adding media and content and education to what we do, and also realizing that the only limitations 
are the ones that we give ourselves. It's a sort of blending of the worlds of personal development and marketing, where suddenly now we're communicating with ourselves even better and communicating with our audiences in a much more genuine way. And by doing so, as my phrase is, by accident, that'll sell a lot of training and coaching sessions. And you're doing that business development with the tool of hypnosis. Well, I'd say it's that the the principles of hypnosis. Good. So the difference becomes, and this is meant to be what I'm now branding as my it's not, but it is routine. <laughs> it's <laughs> not about me hypnotizing you to become more confident as a business owner. It's the fact that as you start to make use of these hypnotic principles in your business, that confidence is going to naturally rise. And, and I think right there, and we haven't yet made a podcast about this in the new program yet, it's to call out the objection ahead of time that some people would have to things like embedded commands, to things like pacing and leading, to things like spatial anchoring. Well, the fact that I've said the right words in the right order and I've changed my tonality, will that alone create the sale? And the answer, of course, is maybe. <laughs> but then again, now here's the whole intention behind working smart. I'm working with intention. I've got purpose. There's a reason why I'm making that gesture. There's a reason why I'm sequencing my communication in this way. You, you recently went through Work Smart Hypnosis Live Online, and you heard me say this, that I've put more emphasis into the sequencing of the content then I have the quality of the content because the quality of the content was there from having taught it in different ways over the years. The biggest shift is the content delivery mechanism as well as the sequencing where you all heard us in several classes. Someone asked a question and I went, class number seven. <laughs> Someone asked a question, I went, class number five. We'll, we'll get there, but there's a reason we're not getting there yet. So, so to get into the sequencing of information and back to the original question, about how, you know, because we're now operating with intention, because we now realize, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, but our individual words can also create thousands of pictures. This is where we're putting purpose and intention and ethical influence to our language. And by doing so, that's going to create a natural sense of confidence in that person. That's going to feel that they've got that winning edge, that secret weapon, which by indirect nature of that, their business is going to grow as a result of that too. And your business growth is really shifting from the hypnosis industry to business in general. Well, so, it's I, I'd only edit the word shift. It's it's adding on because right. the nature of everything being systems, all of it can continue to run. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I come back around to the it's not a because it's an and. To watch my parents recently sell the home that I grew up in and there was originally the fear that what if there's you know the big signpost out front that says that the house is for sale what does that mean for their photography studio well it's that in their 70s now the fact that suddenly an industry had to change overnight wedding photography the big 400 people event is not happening right now in the midst of everything covid yet it presented the opportunity to change the business model and slow things down by selling an asset and moving to a different home that they already had as a rental property that's now their permanent residence, to look at how there was two weeks where the phone didn't ring. And I, and I heard a lot of that, where suddenly the world became a very different place and we settled into some giant air quotations normalcy. And I 
turned back on some of the aspects of my business and I was suddenly seeing more people than I had seen in quite some time. And it became a bit of a reminder that uh, of how I can work with the one-to-one, but I can create a bigger impact through media. I can create a bigger impact through a product. So the systems mindset gave me the ability to then add on a new audience and still maintain everything that's there. Will you eventually see yourself letting go of the one-on-one? I don't think so. I think I did a podcast episode recently, and the episode title that I'm cheating because I have it in front of me, episode 286, End of the Funnel Positioning. So it's not a matter of changing the audience. In my head, it's a matter of changing the delivery mechanism. So I'll, I'll walk through the change that I made at Virginia Hypnosis. So Velvet Rope sort of refined the standard policy now of what's called an application funnel. The fact that you cannot call my business, you have to go through a scheduling app and all the languaging that I teach in that module is around putting the benefit on the client. Hey, this way you don't have to play the game of phone tag. But the benefit for me is I get to go into that conversation now with someone who very clearly wants it. The change that I made, and this is one of the kick myself, I should have done this sooner, is that now people have to watch an on-demand, what I think if I remember remember right, and we're about to refill, redo this, uh, they have to watch a 30-minute webinar before they even get the opportunity to schedule. And the kicker and the disclaimer to this is know where you are in the shape of your business. I have a massive digital footprint that backs up the fact that now they watch the webinar and now they pay a $100 deposit to get onto that call with me. And the phrasing on the webinar, and everybody feel free to go watch it. The phrasing on the webinar is, assuming it goes as we know it will, that then just becomes a deposit towards your program. Or in the rare chance you decide to not take action on your goals, by the time we wrap up the call, it'll be fully refunded. You know, no questions asked. And I'll tell you to date with an asterisk, I have not refunded a single person except for the one that... I reached out to the person to go. I feel that this issue is beyond my scope of practice. However, here's someone I think you should work with. So everyone who is booked that I saw was a match, it's 100% right now. Now that I've said that, the next three consults are going to bomb. <laughs> so, so Don't the, tell yourself that story. <laughs> I just smile at that though to go, yeah, love. who was it? Anthony Gailey has the story of doing the stage hypnosis bit around, he asked the audience, do you feel money is a motivator? And this was the setup for... The higher the bet that I make with you, the more you can't find your name. And he's upwards of $3,000 cash. What's your name? Well, the higher the bet goes, the more you can't find your name. $3,500. And Anthony, I think he told the story on the program. He goes, I woke up in a cold sweat one time realizing law of averages means I'm getting closer and closer to it not working. So I retired the bit while I was 100% ahead. <laughs> so the, the end of the funnel positioning. The bigger change is that I've discovered, and this is one of those big core messages that I think is the takeaway that so many people in our industry, oh, let's go here, stuck inside of a savior syndrome mindset. The better I sell the product, the better it changes the client dynamic. I I don't get the conversation anymore on the phone of, I really hope this works. Instead, the conversation is now, I'm so excited for Thursday because I've been wanting to quit smoking for years. They're, they're already on the success side of the equation. So we have properly built up that, as Scott Sandlin says, that ratio between expectation and ritual. The expectation is massively at its peak 
because I've not been, and in my world, it's not selling and marketing, it's educating and informing. So as soon as that was kicking in, in my world now, I love working with the stop smoking people. I don't plan on getting rid of that anytime soon. But in terms of my business confidence students, the world that I'm creating is I don't want to work with those people unless they're now inside of that business influence systems community and training that's over at jasonlinette.com. So it's changing the entry point is the big shift because now it becomes, as, as you and I talked about a little while ago, the fact that it became this reference for the industry, the fact that my trainings have gotten better in less time because the students can watch the videos in advance. And now we're gathering together to practice and refine. I, I give a quick correlation that there's a company that I'm working with right now for some graphic design. And I, I let off the email this morning to give them notes to go. The fact that my notes are this picky and this specific is actually a compliment because we get to jump in at this quality versus this is bad, scrap everything, as I had to do with a video company recently, just because it was all wrong and just bad. <laughs> in my head with outsourcing, there's a filter of, if I, if I can filter the question of, there's no way you could have thought this was right, it's going to be a short relationship. But I was getting so specific to go, hey, this looks great, but you're using the regular version of the font versus the bold. We're consistently using the bold on the website. Can you match style? Hey, that you, you'll love this one, Nancy. You're using a slightly wrong shade of purple. This is the <laughs> this is the purple that we use. Can you match that? The fact that I was that specific. So when it's an audience that already knows your core curriculum, I find a greater level of success. So this is my message to everybody in our industry: educate your people better, and it makes you more effective as a practitioner. So, so that's the big change. As opposed to eliminating it, I'm refining it. And that refinement is not only greater success, it's greater enjoyment on the ride. Yeah. And it makes it so I'm, I think the longer we do something, we earn a right to be appropriately impatient and respectfully picky. <laughs> <laughs> I know when you were on the program a while ago, we talked about, you know, you figuring out the clients that you were the most excited to work with. And it's where I found, and I, I, there's moments of shooting myself in the foot business-wise because I thought there was a better way to serve somebody. You know, here was a person who reached out to me a while ago, and I'll leave out the specifics, but they eventually were a guest on the podcast, and this was our conversation, that she wanted to hire me for private consulting, which that starts at $5,000. And she goes, I'm about to jump into business networking, and I need some advice on that. And the answer was, I could let you pay me this $5,000. But then again, I've got a product for about a third of that, which is going to give you exactly the strategies that I would recommend. And then if down the road, you've got questions, you can go into the hypnotic business systems community and ask questions there and I'll answer. Or if at that point, you know, you can just kind of book me a la carte if you want to punch up your specific messaging, which we then eventually did that, which the solo session was an easier entry point. But it was this place of back to service, which is, I think, where we started this conversation mm -hmm. of going, I already have something that satisfies that. So the same way that here's, you know, inside of a hypnosis pre-talk, here's your part of the conversation. Here's your part of the ownership of success. And I don't have to do that anymore because you actually hear that in my quote sales webinar before you could even book time to speak with me means 
this is doing something cool. Th- there was a one one of the other threads before you clearly won uh, <laughs> <laughs> of making a suggestion for episode three hundred. Someone who I highly respect, and again, I need to have this person on the podcast too. Even with three hundred episodes, this massive list. She goes about working with problem clients, and I go, funny, I refuse to believe they exist and they don't come in. And and it's that quality of educating people ahead of time that I'm sure the, quote, difficult client, they don't book time with me. They don't schedule with me. I probably appropriately scare them away because I'm going to keep them accountable the whole way through. And by doing so, they're going to reach their success even faster. And you might have just answered another question I had about how you create time for it all, because I saw a recent post of a photo of you and your family at Halloween, and I noticed that even the dogs were in costumes. So, <laughs> you know, I was like, how do you do all this and stay as a dedicated father and family man? And today you've talked about your parents moving and and you might have just answered it in that you you really bring that you you flip the funnel mm-hmm. so that you're bringing in people that know that they will work with you and be successful and it's an enjoying you know in a great experience for both parties well i'll I'll model something that Richard Nongard says, and it's not to level up what he says with my languaging though mine's better <laughs> Richard no he says I'm only going to work with clients I know I can get hundred percent success with. And I think that's an extremely noble way of looking at it. And I'm going to work with those people that I have educated to the level where now they're going to be in that successful group. The other side of it is I've got my calendar open by by luck here. And I'm looking at today that we we mapped out some time to do these recordings this morning. I've got a client session at 12 noon. I've got another podcast recording at 4. But I'm looking at the fact that this will have happened by the time this episode airs. But our 12th wedding anniversary is this coming Sunday at the time we're recording, November 8th. And what kind of vacation do you take in the middle of a pandemic? We're going to a cabin in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia, the four of us. Uh, (laughs) And it's already turned into, okay, so let's just go ahead and pack the coolers filled with everything so we don't have to buy anything out there because it's the house that's got the hot tub, it's got a big field, the kids are learning about stars and planets and you know, and science right now in our homeschooling that we're doing. Oh yeah, throw that on top of it. Yes. Too. <laughs> we, we gave up on the virtual schooling, the format of it here and went, let's just, which it takes a village. My mother-in-law is doing math. My wife is doing geography and writing. My father-in-law is a science teacher at a community college. So he flipped over to the opportunity to do the science lesson. We added in the aspects that the game of, oh, I wish this was taught. So our kids at seven and nine are learning how to cook and they're learning about finance. They're learning about savings. So all the memes that are out there around, oh, taxes, I wish this was covered. They're, they're starting to learn the foundation of that stuff. But it, it's the reality that none of it happens unless it's scheduled. None of it happens unless the time is blocked out. So we're about to be away Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on this family vacation. And I had to look at tomorrow and I have completely blocked the day out because behind the scenes, here's one project that has to happen. My podcast editors, Podcast Network Solutions. Hey guys, put your uh, business in the show notes. They're amazing. And I've hired them for the new program too. December 4th to January 8th, they take off. So I have to produce all of December before December 4th. So we're batch producing and getting things out there. So the opportunity that if it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen really is the secret to that. And it comes back to looking at 
where should the priorities be? And, you know, again, taking on, I, I, I got an amazing invite and, and, I'll, and I'll thank him here. Uh, Hans-Rudy Wipf invited me to be a speaker at the Hypno Congress Summit, the event that's typically out in Switzerland, but clearly is happening, was what happened online this year. And I sent a huge thank you over, but in the midst of launching basically an entirely new business, I, I had to say no, that it wasn't in my time frame to give it the quality of attention that I felt it deserved. We shared it on social media to help promote it, but it became a moment of going, I can't, you know, here's what I'm currently working on and got a really nice, you know, message back from Hans as a thank you for responding. And hopefully in the future we'll do that. But it just became the ability to to have to say no to some things. So back to that end of the funnel positioning, that's really the secret of it, of batching that time down and scheduling things out. Again, comfort can be one of our biggest dangers. So the willingness to turn off what's currently working or let's say refine what's working to build a better way for people to come in really becomes that solution. Otherwise, you can't have a puppy named Cheddar and dress her up like Cheddar Cheese Fries. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the other dog was a hot dog. I, I you know, I, I remember those costumes. Um, you just said something that caught me by surprise. You used the word can't in a sentence, and I, I know that it was not yet in your mind and that both of us just love the use of language and how powerful that is. I know we could talk all day and because of scheduling, we cannot, we need to Mm -hmm. bring this to a close. Is there one last offer, one last gift that you would give to your listeners, especially anyone that's thinking about launching their own podcast? After 300 episodes, what would you like to offer them? And even before 300 going, let's do another one. <laughs> I would put it into the time frame. Let's, let's put a timestamp under when we're recording. Uh, it's Wednesday, November 4th. It's 10 a.m. It's the day after an election, and there still isn't an answer. And given some expectation at about two or three weeks' time when this episode releases, there probably will be an answer, but still... It's pretty damn close to 50-50. So I think the takeaway kind of combines with our content marketing strategy that we, we should embrace the fact that we can't always be a match for everybody. And I, I made this the keynote at HypnoThoughts back in 2017 when I got that amazing invite, which was that you need to listen to your criticism, but at the same time, you need, do need to take a moment and listen to your uh, testimonials. So as Taylor Swift would rightly say, haters going to hate. And I don't think I have too many of them. I get like one email every three or four months, which is that, you know, something cynical. And usually it's something business, which I've usually debunked to go, well, the better you serve your clients, the better the business runs. And the better you run your business, the more clients you can better serve. So it all correlates. I would say the biggest thing to highlight and let me tell this by way of a story, and some of you might be able to guess who this was, but I'll I'll leave it out to, to, to their respect, which was that I had a consulting student recently who was looking at the fact, he goes, I look at what you do, Jason, and I look at what other people in the profession, everyone from you know the names that we'd all know in terms of leaders in the profession, whether it's a Sheila Granger, a Helen Midas, a Dan Candell, a Tom Nicoli, a Richard Nongard, Scott, listed everybody. And he goes, and I'm looking at what I do, and I'm wondering, how is that any different? And how is it that I should be someone they should listen to? And I think a lot of business owners run into this, 
this sort of offer fatigue that, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of options out there for weight loss. There's a lot of different ways that people can quit smoking. There's a lot of ways that, you know, Nancy, people who are artistic can go through recovery. There's a lot of solutions for that. And I gave him the homework assignment to go, go compile your stories. Go compile all of your stories that you can find within yourself of things that you've overcome, things that you've created, things that you've learned from. And what you're going to quickly realize is that the stories actually emulate every reason why. It's not that your message might be similar to something else that's out there. It's instead that you have your unique flavor of it. You have your very different take on it. And there's someone out there who needs to hear that version of the story because I've got hundreds of people, thousands of people around the world in my programs, but they might need to hear Helen Midas's story of leaving a corporate job, something that wasn't artistic like mine, to then launch the business. And the correlation of my information and hers may have been what they needed. They might need to hear the story of the stage hypnotist who suddenly in 2020 had to open up practice. And I left stage hypnosis years ago, but here's someone who recently had to make that transition. So what I'd encourage is just take some time and kind of do that self-audit of everything that you've been through, because the specific reference that I'm making, it's where suddenly that was a flip of a switch and suddenly became an instant authority in the profession that people were referencing, suddenly launching a whole media channel for people to find the work that he was doing. Suddenly this dialogue changed of the $100 session to the $15 to $5,000 program. And it was because he suddenly saw the value in what he did and saw the appropriate way to telegraph that. So for anyone out there, whether it's podcasting, whether it's a blog, whether it's whatever channel you want to follow, YouTube, whatever it is, your unique story is what someone needs to hear. Your unique take on it is what someone out there, that's going to be their turning point. Whatever those things are that you find to be the easiest, that's someone else's very specific problem. That's someone else's very specific challenge. And to flip the dialogue instead of who am I to share this, but instead, how dare I not make it easy for them to find this? That's the message that I share. Terrific, Jason. And thank you so much, not only for giving me the honor of interviewing the interviewer, for all that you've done over the 300 episodes and in all the aspects of your work. Thank you from all of us. Jason Lynette. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews, for interacting with this program, as well as interacting with the new podcast, Hypnotic Language Hacks. Go over, subscribe to that one, listen to that one too. You're going to hear a slightly different take on things in terms of taking our hypnotic messaging. Let's, let's draw it out there. I've been the guy introducing business concepts to hypnotists. Now I'm also the guy introducing hypnotic concepts to business people. So join me over there as well to get twice the value every week. Thanks so much. Subscribe to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast, and I'll see you soon. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.